we can all go off and do our other things, but you know, we all come crawling back to each other. Except for Craig and Russ. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Russ. I mean, I don't think Russ has still seen the Super Bowl yet, to be honest. So I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's got as many long snapper appearances this year as Martin. Welcome back to the only British. What am I even saying? <laughs> Leave that in. I mean, that's the intro, isn't it? That's the best intro you've ever work. done. The no only British. Anyway. <laughs> what's the? Do you know, it makes me think. What's the point of even doing an intro? Like, the thing is, there must genuinely, be, there must be someone out there. Who's listened to this right now? Who's never listened to us before? It must be. <laughs> no, for an I'm, off-season post-draft. <laughs> I, Some, I don't buy that. Someone has found us because they, they've, you know, they saw that there was some draft coverage. They've searched for some NFL content. They've bypassed all that stuff and they found us. And they're like, well, yes. Yeah, but what, how have they found us? What our our social media presence, <laughs> our marketing? They're looking reckon- for insight. Looking for insight on undrafted uh, free agent uh, long snappers, which is exactly the kind of coverage that we would normally bring. <laughs> yeah. oh, we get, we do get the odd tweet from like there's an account long snapper lifestyle or something that yeah. follows the account. <laughs> I'd I'd love to know if they listen to the pod. Um, they may have listened once, discovered that it contains no actual information about long snappers, and then moved swiftly on. <laughs> it contains no actual information. Well, that yeah. <laughs> Why was it, why why was it called the long? I, I feel like I should know this as I was like one of the original people who did it. But... Well, originally yeah. it was Tuesday afternoon long. That's snapper. it. That's why is because it was at, at the time. What's his face did that Monday morning quarterback, and we were trying to think of we were likely to record on a Tuesday, so it was another like random day and the, the as far away from position wise from quarterback as you could get. So that's why it became Tuesday night long snapper. And then it just like we couldn't be bothered with the Tuesday because quite often we were recorded on a Wednesday, so we did it. <laughs> we just called it the Long Snapper. Ironically, Done. it is it is a Tuesday today. Maybe we should change the name back. Yes, I don't want to though. Okay, and we'd have to change okay. all our branding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, imagine all well, those people that bought Long Snapper T-shirts. They'd be cram- cl- clamoring for uh, for refunds. They would like those people who've got AJ Brown jerseys and. Hollywood brown jerseys. And thus it begins. <laughs> Antonio brown jerseys. <laughs> well, yeah, if you've got an Antonio brown jersey, you deserve what you get, quite frankly. Um, well, that was, that's dangerously close to NFL-based chat. Um, yeah, so we didn't do an intro. Um, yeah, let's <laughs> yeah, edit that. Um, we didn't do an intro, so I didn't say who we are, how you get in touch with us. Um, but... You, you know all that, you know all that. <laughs> so you know what we're going to start the show off with. Um, and Pat, I hope you have something. Yes, I have done for you an NFL draft-based name that player quiz. You will get four clues per player. If you get the name after one clue, you'll get five points. If you get the name after two clues, you'll get three points. Three clues, two points. Four clues, one point. I'm not going to freeze anyone out, so you can have a guess each round until someone gets it. You're answering on the buzzer, so buzz in when you want to guess. And I'm going to be strict 
on thinking after the buzzer, so don't buzz until you've got the name you want to say. Can you guess the same thing as someone else, like a recent quiz that we may have done? No, because it's madness not to stop (laughs) once someone's got the right answer. (laughs) So I'm not going to do that. I'm going to give the points to the player who gets the right answer and then move on to the next question, which is not... But I think it was that's, that's a cunning strategy. I, I love just just to mention that the show we did. If you haven't listened to it with uh, with Tufts, um, Nate and I must have been like it was in the works for ages, and we just like availability of everyone was the issue. It took us seemed to take forever to get it in the diary. Eventually, we did, and we must have swapped like fifty to a hundred messages over the weeks weeks leading up to it like planning everything like what we're gonna do everything and then first round that curveball like like, what are you (laughs) thinking mate (laughs) honestly as someone who had absolutely zero involvement in it it was really a genuinely enjoyable listen you guys kept me company halfway around to bristol (laughs) it was it was a it was a lot of fun i'm hope yeah i'm glad to hear that that came across anyway apologies pat we're distracting you that's um, absolutely fine. So each of these questions will be associated with someone from the 2022 draft. So at 10, we'll be looking at someone from pick 10 of the 2022 draft, and he will either share a position or a college or a team who drafted him with the 2022 pick. You don't need to know that. I just wanted to make sure everyone knew about the amount of effort I put into writing these questions. My goodness so, for that, because my, <laughs> my knowledge of the 2022 NFL draft is limited, as has become clear. <laughs> I enjoyed the amount of panic on everyone else's face there, knowing that mine was the same. <laughs> I'm now, I'm now really confused. Just answer the question, Mark. Yeah, listen to the clue. Buzz in with your name when you have a player's name. You want to guess to answer the clue. Simple. Okay. okay. Are they from this draft? Is that what we said? Are the answers from this draft? No. Ah, oh, okay. That, that was why we were all relieved. Fine. I shouldn't have thrown in the brag. Okay, question 10. This Ohio State cornerback was drafted with the 10th overall pick of the 2016 draft. If there's no buzzers, I'll move on. There's none. Okay. He was drafted by the New York Giants. Rich. Rich. Eli Apple is correct. Rich gets three fat points. Well done, Rich. Good start, Rich. <laughs> Question... Question nine. This offensive tackle was drafted ninth overall in the 2018 draft. When you, you hear you hear that, I'm going I'm going through my head trying to work out if it's a Titan. If it's not a Titan, I'm probably not going to get it at this point. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, I think this one's the hardest one. <laughs> All right, second clue. His college team was Notre Dame. Offensive tackle, ninth overall in the 2018 draft from Notre Dame. I approve of pronouncing it Notre Dame, by the way. Notre Dame. I know it's not Fighting a Dame, it's Irish. a college. Still no guesses. He originally played in San Francisco and currently plays in Santa Clara. I mean, rich. Rich. It's not Western Rich, but not Western. Fuck, that's not even the right one. <laughs> You're correct, it's not that. Any, <laughs> other, ge- any other guesses? Um, it's, uh, it's the guy who was at Washington, isn't it? What's his name? No, because that's far too recent. 
You no, said 2018, right? 2018, yes. Oh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a tackle. <laughs> Final clue. The 49ers picked with his fifth-year option last May before a torn quad ended his season in November. Yeah. Oh, a Niners injured player. That now is a death. Rich, I think it's McGlinchey, isn't it? Correct, it's Mike McGlinchey. Yeah, that's Rich what I was thinking of when I said Richburg. I thought Mike McGlinchey was a coach, so that was definitely the hardest one. <laughs> it sounds like a coach. <laughs> I, I, I still have no idea who that is. He's a bald coach that has Good. been a coordinator for <laughs> teams. Fantastic. He's got a couple of head coaching gigs, but frankly sucked at it. Um, and then has gone back with the tail between his legs to be a coordinator. Adam, <laughs> one, of, his level. one of those was surely in the Canadian League. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, he's, he's probably in the USFL now. <laughs> All right, let's move swiftly on to question eight. This defensive end was drafted eighth overall in the 2015 draft by the Atlanta Falcons. Adam. Adam. <laughs> uh, Vic Beasley? Correct. Yes! Five points. Good job, Adam. Question seven. Touted as a potential first overall non-quarterback pick in the 2021 draft class, this tackle was eventually picked at seven. Mark. Mark. Penny Sewell. Penny Sewell. Mark gets five points. Oh, Rich has gone from first to last in two questions. That's devastating. (laughs) But I'm surprising. Question six. Need to scroll more. Adam's face is in the way. Sorry. This NC State wide receiver was drafted sixth overall in the 1999 draft. Wow. Wow. Adam. Adam. Like, uh, it doesn't freeze me out the whole question, does it? No, it doesn't. Because like, I paid attention to the rules. I'm just oh. going to guess a random receiver from that sort of era. Good. And say... Oh, no, it's probably too... Uh, Marvin Harrison. I don't uh, know. You listen to some of the introduction, but not the bit where I said I'm going to freeze you out if you buzz in and then think about it for ten minutes. So uh, oh, it wasn't oh, oh. Marvin Harrison anyway. <laughs> <laughs> buzz in when you have a name to give. Anyone else want to have a go? Or are we moving on to clue two? Yes, please. Mark. No, I said. Oh, I said move on to clue two. Good, because that was too long. Okay. Um, <laughs> Am I now two. frozen out, Pat? <laughs> you troll. <laughs> clue two. He was drafted by the St. Louis Rams, playing there for nine years. Do you know? Do you know? Adam. Mark. Adam. Mark. I... Uh, so there's only two that would be around that era. Oh. oh. I don't need to hear you working out, just give me the name. Tory Holt. Tory Holt's correct. I genuinely was about to say Tory Holt. I've changed my mind to Marvin Harrison. I am not making that up. Well, good. (laughs) All right, question five. Mark's on eight, Adam's on five, Rich is on four. Question five. This defensive end was drafted fifth overall in the 2013 draft. Rich. Rich. Alden Smith. Incorrect. Anyone else? Then I'll move on. He played college ball for the BYU Cougars, so it was appropriate when the Lions drafted him with the fifth overall pick. Mark. I think Adam was first. Uh, Ziggy answer. Correct. Three points. Eight, eight, four. And we move up to question four. This cornerback was drafted fourth overall in the 2018 draft. 
no answers, but just a can opening. That tells me to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> he played three years of college ball at Ohio State under head coach and massive bellend, Urban Meyer. Uh, I like the fact that's not really a clue for us, just an opportunity for a dig from you. Yeah, yeah. So, cornerback drafted fourth overall in 2018, played for Ohio State. I don't know. Moving on, he was drafted by the Cleveland Browns, with whom he signed a five-year, $100 million contract exception last month. Marcus first. Denzel Ward. Denzel Ward moves you up to 10 points. Good job, sir. Question three. This cornerback was drafted third overall in the 2020 draft. No guesses? Should be easy now, shouldn't it? Should. Really should. (laughs) Then I'll move on. He played his college football at Ohio State initially under aforementioned Bell and Urban Meyer before his suspension <laughs> in 2018. <laughs> so, so after two years, Urban Meyer was still a Bell End. Uh-huh. Um, and then he was suspended. For being a Bell End? Yes. <laughs> so, uh, cornerback third overall in 2020, played for Ohio State. No takers. He was drafted by the Detroit Lions and had a hugely disappointing first season. <laughs> yeah, that's because I've still no idea who it is. I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is. Nobody. Well, I don't think this one has stumped you. He ruptured his Achilles tendon in the first season in the first game of the 2021 season against San Francisco 49ers and did not return during that season. I'm get this. This is just banished from my memory completely. Oh, poor guy. The correct answer was Jeff Okuda. No one scores uh, in question okay. three. Question two. Rich, you can still win it. You're only six points behind with two to go. This defensive end was drafted second overall in the 2020 draft. Uh, Adam. Mark. Chase oh. Young. Chase Young. First. 15 <laughs> points. Good job, Mark. Final question. This Georgia Bulldog was selected first overall in the 2009 draft. Adam. Adam. Matthew Stafford. Correct. Five points. Uh, I think you'll find, Adam, that it was uh, Super Bowl MVP Matthew Stafford. <laughs> 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 and definitely not bang average Matthew Stafford. Oh, <laughs> I, love, I love Matthew Stafford. Do you love Matthew Stafford? I do. Yeah. Funnily enough, the last clue for that question was, despite being bang average, he has a super boring. <laughs> so congratulations to Mark, who wins the quiz on 15 points. Adam second on 13 points. And Rich scored the first four points and then stopped and put his feet up. Which yeah. sounds very much like Stephen, to be honest. If only you'd got the Chase Young one quicker, mate, you'd have won that one. I mean, I, I said my name before I heard you say your name with the <laughs> Skype delay. Oh, yeah, Swinton, that must be quicker than... Um, Well done, Mark. Um, You know, I I morally won this quiz, but you know, you you get the music technically. In a more accurate way, I did. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, cheers! Cheers for that, Pat. Um, Good fun, good quiz as ever. Um, We should talk. There's been there's been a draft, as you may have gleaned from all that. Um, Teams have new players. Teams have new players. I mean, there are countless podcasts that will have produced hours and hours of well-informed material about all this stuff. 
Um, we're just here to give you our thoughts for what they're worth, which isn't very much. Um, some of us, some of our thoughts are worth more than others. <laughs> that goes without saying. Um, but just to, we, we're going to pick out a few things that caught our eyes and talk about it a bit. But yeah, teams, it's the same. Obviously, teams draft players. Every team thinks they're better than they were at the start of the draft. Um, that's the thing that recurs year after year. I support a team that seems to be worse than we were at the start of the draft. <laughs> yeah. um, Do you say that? But I don't think the Titans, other than the obvious trade, had a particularly bad draft. I thought you seemed to pick up good talent in good areas. I think yeah. they had a good draft. They just ruined it with that trade that um, threw everyone into a tizzy because they basically done the old family guy trick of, but the mystery box could be anything. It could even be AJ Brown. Yes. It's a, it's it's a weird thing. I mean, the more time has passed since Thursday and that and that blockbuster announcement, which, by the way, I was asleep when it happened. Um, it which quite surprising to wake up to. I mean, we were picking at twenty six, so I thought worked out. You know, did did my homework, worked out what sort of time that pick was going to be. I thought it's too late to stay up. I can't. I'll set an alarm. Half past three. Alarm goes off. There are like a hundred messages on my phone in various WhatsApps app groups in all within the previous twenty minutes. <laughs> so something's gone on here. Um, and the, but the thing was, we we weren't half expecting it. But there've been there've been rumours about him being unhappy, and there have been yeah you know, we we knew he was trying to negotiate a contract or the Titans were trying to get, negotiate a contract. Um, and yeah, more the more times passed since then the more sort of drip-fed information seems to be coming out about this. And for whatever reason, I have the impression that he wanted out. He wanted he wanted a move. Um, I don't know why. Did you not just um, want paying? He Yes, yes, he wanted paying, which you, is you, fine. You, you can't tell me that if he hadn't... There was, there was the precedent set by the wide receiver, wide receivers getting paid with Devontae Adams, Stefan Diggs, etc., and there was that group of receivers in their third year, like Debo and AJ Brown and those kind of guys who had decided that they wanted massive money. And, you know, and why not? Good for them because they've, they've earned it. They're good enough. You can't tell me he wouldn't still be there if the Titans hadn't paid him. He's literally well, said that. Yeah. He, yeah, I don't, I've, I've got to the point where I don't necessarily believe everything that comes out of his mouth. Um, <laughs> he said things that conflict with each other. Um, there are, reasonably well-sourced rumours that he demanded a trade before Debo ever did. Whether Debo did, who knows? Um, <laughs> Debo and AJ Brown both have the same agent. Yeah. Who, by all accounts, likes likes to use dirty underhand tactics, likes to use social media posts, likes to play the game and to get his client the best the best deal. And fine, I get that. And, and I, I think the Titans were working towards paying AJ Brown. Um, and the bare facts, supposedly, that have been laid out are that the Eagles offered more money than the Titans. Um, so he demanded, while, by the way, being under contract with the Titans for another year, um, lest that be forgotten. Uh, but he he demanded a move. Um, I mean, it might be, you know, he, he went to great lengths to rec recruit Julio Jones, which didn't work out. Um, his best mate, he seems to have a lot of best mates, but his best mate at the moment seems to be Jalen Hurts. Um, Jalen Hurts wanted to wanted to go and get him. 
um, fine. I mean, I, it's yeah, it upsets me. One of my favourite players. Why would you? Why would you not love him? Um, and it's fantastic for Philadelphia, who actually they've <laughs> they're giving up a. They're going to have to pay him a big contract, but they've not given up that much to get a proven elite talent in the third. Sorry, in the first and the third round pick. Um, so I think it's 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 a great deal for them. Um, it might prove to be a good deal for the Titans. My gut feel says that. Well, I'm not. I'm not so sure. We've given up elite, proven talent in the NFL to draft someone that might be instead. It, it, I actually, I actually think that a first and a third is is not enough for the hmm. level of talent that he has, and the fact that he's shown that for what two seasons running now. I mean, he flashed in his rookie year as well. He did. But, I mean, more than flashed in his rookie. He's, he's, he's he missed a bit of time the year we just had through mm-hmm. through injury. Uh, but whenever, whenever he's been on the field, he's performed pretty much. Um, You're and... back to you need to get picks that you think you can restock that talent. And a first and a third, if you hit on both, great. But there's a decent chance that you'll miss on one or both of those. And then, it, it, I don't know, it just doesn't feel like enough for that level of talent for me. It feels like one of those ones, because it was on, and I don't know whether there was a lot of work going on behind the scenes on this, but because it's on draft day, you wonder if it gets a bit like decisions get made in a bit like the heat of the moment and you figure there's an opportunity to get someone and offers there for someone who's making noises about going and you just think, oh, well, let's do it. Whereas a deal that's worked out over weeks and months, there's you've got a better chance of negotiating a better, com- a better compromise for it. And yeah, I, I agree with you. When you, you're basically swapping AJ Brown with a rookie AJ Brown who's supposedly very similar but you don't know how that's ever going to work out it's almost it, it, seems, mean, it's, like, it's, it seems like a massive win for the Eagles for me this one yeah no uh, that's that's where I'm at just it, despite however good a draft we've supposedly had um it, it, it like you know, and, it, and it's always for, like that's always you have to take that with a pinch of salt Regardless of what, like the grades that come out and the the way that it works, I mean, it's the fucking draft for crying out loud. No one really knows. So uh, you know, this is no, yeah, my point exactly. No one yeah, really knows. No one I'll really tell you knows. who I do know about. That's AJ Brown. Exactly. Yeah. Tra- Traylon Burks might end up being the greatest wide receiver in the history of the NFL. He might be utter dog shit. You don't know. And with with AJ Brown, at least you knew you had you know one of the top five six seven wide receivers in the game and yeah to give to give that away for very very little just because you didn't want to pay him i get i, I don't know it seems no, like there's there's definitely more to it than that definitely the fact that you're not paying him seems bizarre because um, the, I mean, the, the, the the salary cap goes up so much next season it's almost like, you know, the Bills have found a way to pay Josh Allen. They've found a way to pay Stefan Diggs. They've found a way to pay a lot of guys this summer when we didn't have any, apparently, any cap room available at all. We've paid everybody. Yeah. How, like, cap, how, the cap's a myth. Cap's of course myth. it is. It feels you make like it work. It. You make it if you, if you, you just make it work somehow. Yeah. I, know, I, get, I get that it's tricky and you've got... It feels like there must be some about, kind but... of, like, clash between Vrabel and AJ Brown that's caused this. Well, I don't. I don't think it's Brable. I don't think. I mean, Brable came out and said, 
about two weeks ago that when asked if AJ Brown would be traded, he said, not as long as I'm the head coach of this football team. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe so he's he on his way. <laughs> um, yeah, John Robinson has tried to get a deal done. I, be- I, I believe that. I mean, initially I was upset with the Titans and, and what they'd done. It seems to look more and more like AJ Brown's the instigator in all of this. But I, I mean, we may never know. The thing that annoys me about this is he's not demanded a trade where he's ended up at a contender. I don't see the Eagles. Uh, I'm not sure they leave next year. He's he's come and done a press conference saying, oh, I'm done with settling for not reaching the Super Bowl. But you've gone to the Eagles, mate. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Don't tell me this is anything but money. I mean, okay, he's got a bomb with with Hurts. Fine, if, if if that's what makes him happy. But don't pretend that you've gone there to get success. Right, you've gone there to get paid. Yeah, fair enough. And if, and if, you, if you genuinely thought you'd make a yeah. Super Bowl, I don't see that the Titans is a bad place to try for it. Not on, not on recent last couple of years. Well, he's in just a worse made situation it now. He's made it significantly worse by leaving. I'll say that. Um, <laughs> Rich, going back to what you're saying about what he's worth. Now, I, I would think it's more than that. Um, the Ravens got a first for Hollywood Brown, so. Right, the dropsiest, uh, impressive. He's Hollywood Browns. He's a frustrating wide receiver because he can be brilliant. He'll have games where he's just incredible, and then they'll he'll have games where he drops six six catches in a row. And he's worth a first. AJ Brown is consistently excellent in almost every game. How is he not worth significantly more? I I don't know. I think, well. This, the fact that AJ Brown wanted to leave and Hollywood Brown didn't, I suspect, is is the the answer to that. Um, but that that was another big story from draft day, um, and Lamar wasn't necessarily happy. <laughs> Kyler yeah. Murray, who knows what what's going on there? Um, it it was it was a strange one. Um, I mean that that story I think broke bef- before AJ Brown, which sort of made it seem even <laughs> even sillier. Um, what what do we what do we make of that one? I mean, my favourite thing about it is how annoyed all the Dallas fans are for only getting a fifth for Amari Cooper, but that's a, a tangent. <laughs> <laughs> well, fair. Yeah. I, no, I'm with them. I'm with them. Yeah. Right. Um, the wide receiver get... market just went crazy, and I don't think anyone really knows what they're worth in terms of salary or in terms of picks. As becoming clear, it, it feels to me like the the Ravens didn't particularly rate him, even though. Lamar may have been mates with him. Um, Kyler Murray, apparently, again, we're, you know, QB best buddies, um, had all my, had said to the coaching staff, go and get me Marquise Brown, which is why they, they made the move um, in order to try and keep him happy so he doesn't want to leave anywhere. I thought the Ravens had an excellent draft after that. Um, some of the talent. Some no of the wide talent receivers, made. though, but an excellent draft. Yeah, Carla Hampton, Tyler Linderbaum, David Ajabo, they're like some real, real talent there. Um, a good a good tight end. Yeah, I think they've done I think they've two had a, two good tight ends, yeah. I think they've had a, a really, really solid draft. And I don't think they lose a huge amount with, no, with I, Brown I going. As somebody who owned him in fantasy last year, I can testify the fact that he would he'd score you thirty five points in one week and then fuck all for four weeks. Yep. So um yeah, it's the Ravens don't seem to mind not having a wide receiver core. No, <laughs> they seem they to do are, okay. I mean, the thing is, like as we as we covered on this very podcast multiple times last season, 
they're not really a throwing team. No, no. No. And so, they're gonna spend this entire season just running the ball down everyone's throats and not giving <laughs> yeah. a shit. Yeah, it's Mark Andrews and running the ball, right? You've got to wonder with the uh, with the Cardinals whether they knew that uh, Nukes PD suspension was coming, and that's why they oh, well, made that trade. Very much so. Mm, very, well, very much. yeah, yeah, hundred percent. But it's as much about placating a diva quarterback who's throwing his toys out of the pram. I think <laughs> there's a bit of that too. There, there seem to be a lot of divas about, don't there? There seem to be a lot of people who have suddenly a new best mate in uh, another team. <laughs> this seems to be a recurring theme they always um, go and do that they always go and do their off-season workouts in some like, yeah, random yeah. city somewhere and oh look who he's working out with yeah <laughs> yeah um yeah it, the wide the wide receiver room for the ravens is like it's it's it, it allows bateman i to don't think they need a, a room bit. it's just a porter cabin <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i like i like rashad bateman i think he could step up and be a decent talent um the rest of them yeah, something or nothing. It's. But I it's love gonna, the idea of Bateman good. turning up and just like opening the white, the, the door marked wide receivers, and it's just the broom closet. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not, it's not been unlocked. <laughs> it's not been decorated. They're like, oh, I didn't know we had any of these. Sorry. There's, there's, a, set this, of, there's a set of set of overalls with uh, with his name on the back. <laughs> One threadbare little chair for him to sit in. Um, a little t- little TV from the 1980s. Yeah, what that old school calendar in the corner. <laughs> That'd be why he got injured pre-season last year, I guess. <laughs> yeah. They drafted his college teammate Daniel Fafale, which is great. He's a massive offensive tackle from Minnesota. I liked liked him in the college. The ne- nearly 400 pound guy, right? Weighing in at almost 400 pounds. Yeah. Yes. I mean, you you look at that and you're like, yeah, these guys are going to run the ball. Yeah. Every and- single down. And they'll be good at it. Yes. Yes. No one will. will be able to stop them. Yeah. I mean, in in their in their running backs room, which is literally a palace, their running backs room <laughs> has different wings. <laughs> yeah. You don't talk wonder, about the right wing. Got to wonder though whether they'll be looking to trade for or pick up some wide receivers late in free agency. I mean, they they joking aside, they should. They've got to do something. Who's think. left? Well, Jarvis Landry? Yeah, Actually, Jarvis Landry feels like a fit, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's used to a team that runs the ball and doesn't throw it to him. Yeah, right. And if he's got a chip on his shoulder about the Browns, that would yeah. be absolutely perfect. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, quarterbacks in the draft. Now, huh. obviously, obviously we're... Were there? We're, yeah, well, <laughs> we're... We're in the NFL podcast, and the NFL is all about quarterbacks, right? Um, but mm. we we knew this wasn't a quarterback-heavy draft. I don't think anybody knew that by the third round that only one had been drafted. I'm not sure anyone saw that coming. Um, and if if they did, it, it wasn't necessarily going to be uh, Pickett for the Steelers. I think um, that was. Uh, I mean, Pickett. That, that made a lot of sense because he was like went to college in Pitt. The, the, him going there made sense. I just didn't like it's it shows how shit the QBs are this year that even the most quarterback needy teams didn't even bother picking up quarterbacks when they would normally pick up quarterbacks. I think I think is there's other factors here. I think it's an unusual draft in that there's a lot of talent that would have gone last year but 
COVID shortened seasons and things decided to stay in college one more year and see if they could raise their draft stock. So I do think there's a lot of talent at other positions that have meant that quarterbacks have fallen. I'd also think that there always just ends up being this narrative of the quarterbacks are shit this year, so no one's going to take them. Or the but quarterbacks not, are amazing this year, so there'll be like six of the first seven picks. Not normally, like I think of other drafts where it's been like quarterback light. Uh, you know, the, the Eric Fisher, Luke Jokel draft, um, <laughs> where EJ Manuel was taken in the first round. And, and what always happens there, I always think, is that everybody takes a QB too early because they're desperate and everyone needs a, a quarterback. Yeah. But this went the other way. Things are being sensible. <laughs> I don't like it. No, no. I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed if you're not giving up three first rounders for a quarterback you're never going to play. Yeah, quite. <laughs> Hey. The first baffling one was the uh, Patriots drafting Bailey Zach behind uh, the guy they drafted in the first round last year. That was uh, an interesting choice. I, by, by then, these are just guys that you're sort of taking a punt on. Like, yeah. what's Bailey's zappy fourth, fifth round or something? It's, um, <laughs> yeah, and he's probably still the fifth, sixth best guy in the draft. Um, but, yeah, I mean, well, you've I think... got... Um, I was going to say, Adam, I think your your Titans made an incredible move. I think uh, uh, Malik Willis in the third, that's that's a brilliant move for a team that has a, a veteran QB. He can sit two or three years if he needs to. If he turns out to be a decent to very good QB, I think that's an absolutely massive win for your lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a bargain. It's an absolute bargain. Same, same I would say, for Desmond Ridder and the, the Falcons. Yeah, it's these, a pity these Willis. Some people had them going in the first. Yeah, it's a pity Willis's current QB says he uh, doesn't see it's his job to mentor him. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> uh, he could say yeah. he'd be fine with it. He he's like, oh, I'm sure he'll pick some stuff up from me. Yeah, thanks, Jay Cutler. That's great. <laughs> I mean, I I would I wouldn't necessarily overanalyze that press conference. Ryan Tannehill was walking into a, a shitstorm of about <laughs> eight different issues that were overdue um, or answers were well overdue in the eyes of a lot of the media yeah. there. Um, you know, like, why is he going fishing when everyone else is attending um, voluntary workouts? Because they're um, voluntary and he's an experienced pro. Yeah. And, the, and the fishy picture, it turns out, was taken six weeks ago or something. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. It, uh, the draft's yeah, finished. I, we desperately need a story. Come on. I, th I think the biggest story that came out of that press conference was the fact that he said he's had therapy um, about the playoff loss, um, which was extremely honest. Um, but mm. I guess that's better than the, someone saying, oh, not that bothered, whatever, not worried about it. <laughs> I've got yeah, I've got a fit missus and loads of money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping um, yeah. that's, that's the Man United players this season. But yeah, yeah, I mean, if he said his job's not to be a mentor, um, I mean, it, I wouldn't necessarily... Yeah, unless he's a dick to him. A huge the, amount is made of stuff. A huge amount is made of stuff like that. That's such a non-story. I just like yeah. couldn't give a shit. I'm just, like Malik Wallace is like clearly a you know sensible enough bloke. I think I'm sure he'll be fine. Um, and do you know what? It's a press conference, and he sat in front of reporters for 15, 20 minutes, and dodging all these questions, dealing with them in as oh, as much humour as you can, as much. Yeah. genuine trying to be nice and say the right things and um, sometimes you just say the you know you're answering the 20th question in a row you might just say something that comes out your mouth wrong and yeah. the, the quotes are everywhere yeah Not fair. and it does sound to him I don't, 
I don't think it matters that much. I mean, Tannehill's, what is he, 33, 34 now? If it takes Willis three or four years to get up to speed, which is what it sounds like, he's going to yeah. be 36, 37. He's going to be wanting to retire by that point. The guy's been injured a lot during his career. He's probably not going to get to his 40s. It's the perfect time to take a punt on a guy, much as I hate to say it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that was a and in the third round, you know, yeah. Ridder, um, guys like uh, the guy Carolina picked, um, whose name escapes me. Yeah, uh, Matt you've Coral. Got, um, well, they're, they're, they're well, bargains. This guy, some of these quarterbacks, Pickett and and Willis, were both touted as guys who could go in the top twenty. So yeah, you get yeah. him in the third, and that. I mean, if that doesn't work out, who cares? It, well, you, you haven't. It's not an expensive contract. It's not um, an expensive contract. Can... It's not a big pick. You're fine. And if and it then... works out, you look like a fucking genius. And yeah. you could argue one of the more likely quarterbacks to get starts next year is Carson Strong, who's an undrafted free agent, went picked up by the Eagles, sitting behind Carson, no wrists, Wentz. So, uh, you know, I, I fancy his chances of getting involved. Jalen Hurts, you mean? Did you say the Eagles? No, he's frozen. He's Fro- frozen. No, he's frozen. He's taking a, <laughs> no, he's a, not a victory sip. He's not frozen. He's he's just sat there. He's realised his mistake and he's just going to sit very, very still and quiet for 10 minutes. I, I fucked up so much, Skype kicked me out the corner and embarrassed me. It's beautiful. <laughs> That was excellent. I mean, I, I don't know. If you may have made the guy up. I've no idea. Um, I stand by it. I like Carson Strong out in Nevada. Really strong arm. Not brilliant mobility in the pocket, but he's you know. Um, and whichever he's team he's gone to, and whichever quarterback he sat behind, should be should be. Uh... <laughs> Carson Wentz should be worried wherever he is. <laughs> yeah, he should because he's shit. Well, he'll be he'll be on the same team as Carson Wentz at some point because that guy's going to do the rounds. That is Basically true. on the level of uh, Fitz Magic, I'd think. Oh, <laughs> only a lot less amiable. Yes. Okay. Um, the New England Patriots. They're now... brilliant. <laughs> so happy about it. Did... Oh. Oh. Um, so they, they drafted a centre with their with their first pick, and obviously Pat's Twitter, not this Pat, um, Patriots Twitter, um, went into went into overdrive. And um, is Bill Belichick just having a laugh now? Has he just got to the point where, <laughs> do you know what? I'm going to leave the next guy. I'm going to proper stitch him up like Ferguson stitched me and leave my him favorite... a car crash of a roster. My favourite bit of this was the press conference with the Rams when they oh. were being interviewed <laughs> and they saw that pit come in and Sean McVeigh, who was clearly battered, <laughs> said oh. something on the lines of, well, we wasted time looking at him. We thought we might have a chance at him in the fourth round. <laughs> yeah. He was genuine. He was so amused. Like, he, he couldn't stop. Like, he, his face. Yeah. When he oh, said so, it. Like, why, what on earth has gone on here? Yeah. Um, it's normally yeah. the Raiders' job to make this sort of pick, but they weren't picking in the first round. So, uh, you know, someone had to step up and do it. The, the Patriots have got a, a history of this, haven't they, where they go and draft some random git that no one's even thought about considering being a first-round pick because they have the guy that they want and they're going to go and get him just in case someone gets him in the second round. I sort of respect it in a way because they've decided who they want and that's who they get. But this one was odd. The value seemed bizarre. Odd? I think you mean strange. 
And, and and it was after, but it was the fact that they backed it up with loads of weird picks afterwards. They picked up Tyquan Thornton, who was is gen- generally considered this year's John Ross, who's really quick but can't actually catch a ball. Um, they picked two running backs, both of which, uh, neither of which are particularly fast. Um, it's it was a very very weird draft for them, and I'm here for it. I love it. <laughs> Craig's not though, is he? Craig, no, Craig, Craig's got to be upset about he's gutted, what the his Patriots team. Have been yeah, up to. His his, his his Patriots. His Patriots and their draft. You know, he's he's really disappointed that his team have had a really poor draft this year. You're telling I, me he I'd doesn't like, like four offensive linemen and two running backs. Really well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I'd be gutted if I was um if I was if I was Craig. Like Craig. Yeah. If I was a Pats fan like Craig, I'd be gutted with this draft and how it's gone. I love I love how you forgot his name for a second there. <laughs> Who? Greg. Greg. Craig. Craig. Steve. <laughs> Bill. Phil, I don't know. <laughs> Phil Edmonds. Phil Phil Edmonds. He he was a spinner for England back in the back in the. Have I made that up? So so was Craig. <laughs> I don't I don't know, but Phil Edmonds definitely sounds like a nineteen eighties, late eighties, early nineties children's TV presenter. Yeah, that's on Utree. Yeah. <laughs> Eddie. Double check. Yeah, it is Phil Edmonds. He was a he was he, he was a twirler um, back in the day. Good. Um, played played for Middlesex um, and England. Sponsored by a chocolate bar. All those sort of things. <laughs> yeah, well, this is going. the kind of insight you came here for, isn't it? <laughs> oh, I subjected you tree, which is a tangent I didn't think I'd be making uh, today. I think There's... Mark's just tried to breathe his entire beer. This is one of my favourite bits of long snapper ever. <laughs> Talking about Middlesex spinners. <laughs> I mean, this is... This is around the NFL don't do this, do they? <laughs> no, that's why people listen to them. Oh, dear. All right. Um, the, the New York Giants, um, if we're going to talk about popular New York teams... Um, uh, Pat, you described their draft as Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah, I mean, but they started off in the first round by picking my favourite two players for the Jaguars' first round pick at five and seven. So I went, well, no, I didn't go to bed because I didn't sleep and watch it. Friday lunchtime, after I'd caught up, I was very jealous. Picked my <laughs> Friday favorite. lunchtime, you went back to bed. Yeah, no, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't stay up for all of it this year. I ignored the first round and caught up on Friday morning, and then stayed up for rounds two and three, and then you know, rounds. Four to seven is like five pm till midnight on the Saturday. So that's well, rounds, rounds four to seven. Oh, actually, I, we'll, we'll come back to the Giants in a minute. I want to talk about this of like the pro the the programming that you get. Um, and rounds round one is is what it is. Um, there's all attention. There's a picks announcement. They're all on the stage. And then day two, rounds two and three, it kind of winds back a little bit. You still see. You still see the announcements, um, but you know, it's a bit more chilled out. Day three, four to seven, it's just Rich Eisen and guys having a chat. And occasionally they tell you about a few picks that have happened in the Yeah, background. they barely pay attention to like, the picks coming in. And sometimes they're like, oh, we're going to announce this pick, but it's pick 210 and you're on pick 216 <laughs> already. But they're like, oh, we've got a special guest to announce this one. And we did it, we pre-recorded it like half an hour ago, but... Whatever, it's it's quite disrespectful, and it's a shame because you the guys. You might as well not watch it. You might as well just follow 
Twitter or NFL.com or wherever you get your information from because yeah. you're not getting it from that programme. And it's a shame because the most fun reactions are the guys who aren't sure whether or not they're going to get drafted at all. And when they start getting picked in the fifth, sixth, seventh rounds, the reaction from them and their families is really like heartwarming. Whereas you yeah. get the guys, you know, swaggering to the stage at one who think they were getting there and the guys pissed, stomping up, pissed off at nine because eight better players, miss eight mistakes were made ahead of them. It's like, mm, no, you're not you're not what I'm in this for. I'm in this but for the uh, unknown guys. There's a thing, isn't there, where the, if, the, if they think you're going to go in the first round, you attend the draft. Is that right? And then... It's not obligatory. You, you, you're offered. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're invited, sorry. So and but so what that inevitably means is that some people, in this case, th- this year it was in Vegas, <laughs> so it just exaggerates the amusement. Um, but some people would have gone to Vegas um, to be invited and then not picked on the first day. <laughs> oh, dangerous. It's and ironic then... <laughs> that the Raiders didn't have a pick when the draft was in Raiders in the first round. Oh, perfect. Yeah, absolutely perfect. I also quite like Brees Hall, the first running back taken, I think, or yes. one of the first running backs taken, um, wasn't there when his pick was announced, but then like turned up the next day and like just <laughs> all of a sudden he was like, Oh well I'm in Vegas, I'll come along if you like. I can't I can't remember who it was that drafted him, it was no one significant. Um, but they <laughs> Like he, like, he just turned up in jeans and a t-shirt, and like came out, and to, so he could give Roger a hug. Like, <laughs> all right, that's I mean, that's like that's being desperate for your stage moment a little bit too much for me. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm 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 here. Can I come along now, please? Thanks. My favourite think... TV coverage story from the draft is apparently the NFL were furious at the Lions because it took them 90 seconds to turn in the pick for the second pick of the draft. And of course, the NFL wants to drag that process out for as long as possible. But the Lions just looked at it and went, oh my God, they haven't picked Hutchison. Quick, quick, get to the yeah. stage. Let's not make this up. <laughs> Let's not get this wrong think, in any way. I think the reason was they had put their pick in before... The, third, the previous one was actually announced on stage. I think it was a problem. <laughs> so people were people were tweeting it, which I don't get. I was like, that's a thing all the time. People trying to break the news first. Um, yeah. So it was the, the second pick was out there before the first had actually been announced on stage. I think was I think was the issue, which I sort of get. Um, but you know, come on, <laughs> priorities. At least they don't do that thing anymore where they show the guy getting the phone call before it's actually been announced. That used to wind me the fuck up. So I'm pleased that they've stopped doing that nowadays. Oh, but those that, yeah, they're still filming it. It's there if you want to find it. Yeah, and just to, but if you watch the TV coverage, it doesn't. Oh, okay, anymore, yeah, 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 yeah. The, the other thing is, I think this is more of a day two thing where they'll get ex players or fans, people who won competitions to come and announce picks. <laughs> Why have none of them? rehearsed the line before they get up on stage. None Read it once, yeah. at least work. once, before you get on the stage. But work, find out, just Google how to pronounce the name. And with the 2,250, 250, that, guy. Yeah, so, that guy. So many of them stumbled on 2022. <laughs> so many. Why do they say 2022 every We know what year it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, have to say the, I'd have to say the line again. The 2022 NFL draft. We know it's the NFL. We know what year it is, and we know what this is. Yeah. Save you, that would that would be an hour over on the over the across the whole draft. It would make life a lot easier. Think of all that, the commercials you could have. 
that would be hilarious though if somebody turned up and tried to pretend that they were drafting for the NBA draft. <laughs> I think my favourite of those, quite apart from Kyle Brandt doing the Bills one in the in the fourth round, which I which I loved. Um, the the guy I can't remember who he was, and because it's us, we I'm prepared. But the guy who was doing one of the Vikings picks, who didn't oh, shut up, just went on forever, didn't shut up, was talking about such random bollocks that the lady had to come onto the stage to ask him to read <laughs> to the card. It was it was it was so good. It was actually why would he not just get up there and have a chat? He did. He was like, <laughs> yeah, he like this is my moment in the sun. It was the Vikings, so good. I mean, you're here to read the Vikings' second round pick. They're on the clock in the third round, mate. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> it was brilliant. That was that was one of my favourites. Brilliant. Yeah, there was um there was some guys from uh, the UK uh, Niners sort of general wider group that had managed to win a competition to do one of the picks. I was like. I have no idea whether they managed to get their flights and accommodation paid for, but we should look into that for next year. <laughs> Perfectly you, happily do a random America trip. To, can you to, imagine how good would that be? Yeah, I mean, I, as as you may as as you may recall, <clears throat> attended in inverted commas the draft two years ago for the Titans, um, the right. Zoom the Zoom draft, um, and the NFL's good at that. Like I was I was looked after. Like before it happened, there was a thing in the post with a like a draft cap and like goodies and stuff. And then I afterwards sent me a free Jersey. Nice. Ironically, I picked an AJ Brown one. The NFL are, are great with stuff like that. And you always feel that, yeah, they, they, they have plenty of money to, to cover that stuff. So yeah, try and win that competition, Rich. And I, I, I get, I get to do it. The only, the, the COVID draft when there's no travel to, vegas or anywhere but you know well i'd probably do it and it end up being in uh st louis or something like that <laughs> <laughs> not dissing st louis but it's no vegas i mean it's, it's better than my lounge on zoom <laughs> i'm not gonna lie um, marginally um, so i think we we're talking about the giants yeah we were oh yeah um... they did all right <laughs> oh yeah they started off strong and then they went a bit all over the place in the second and third days. Although I quite like Cordell Flott, the cornerback at 81, but maybe <clears throat> Bellinger, the uh, tight end at 112. But yeah, they started off with my two favourite players in the draft. I was rooting for Evan Neal at one or Kayvon Thibodeau through an edge at one, which seemed more likely when we extended Cam Robinson. And yeah, Giants got them both. So there was a brief period when I was jealous of Giants fans, which was a really weird feeling. <laughs> they were a bit sensible with it. Thibodeau seems like a really good pick and I'm excited to see the range of different pronunciations we get out of various <laughs> different NFL pundits for it. It's going to be <laughs> pronounced with the X, isn't it? Yes. That's definitely happening. Almost certainly. Um, the Titans drafted a player called Pity Frere, which is magnificent. <laughs> um, and uh, they, they just don't know how to, like, it's French for little brother. Literally, that's that's all it is. Um, just pronounced it's butchered already. Absolutely butchered. <laughs> yeah, it's always fun. Um, Pat, we should, I mean, I know this isn't a long snap away, um, but we, we have got this far in this podcast. We haven't mentioned the first pick overall, um, which was earned by the Jacksonville Jaguars. I, I noticed it wasn't something on the list of things you wanted to talk about. I enjoyed the inverted commas around the word earned there. That was lovely. <laughs> how did you yeah. how did you get that? But yeah, yeah. It I mean it, it was a tricky 
like having the first overall pick for a couple of years in a row, it's it's kind of you've got your quarterback last year. Um, it's sort of tricky to know what to do with in a way, I guess. Um, and if you weren't going to trade back, um, why didn't you trade back? That's my question. I think lack of trade partners is why they didn't trade back. I think that oh, would have probably okay. been their preferred option. But with no standout quarterback, as we've already discussed, there was it was just difficult to shift it. And there's no real standout first overall player. You know, when I first started paying attention, it was between Thibodeau and Hutchinson and Neil. And then slowly Trevon Walker climbed and climbed and eventually got picked first. And uh, the rumour is it comes down to Trent Balky's preference for big athletes regardless of uh, production and stats in college, you just look at what he's potentially capable of and then you draft him, assuming that your coaching staff will develop him and scheme him cleverly and get the best out of him, which, of course, Jacksonville's really renowned for. So I'm really positive about this choice. <laughs> is, is it one of those things, like, as you say, what else do you do? Um, where, oh, where would you have gone? There's one question. I mean, the reason... I, I would have, I think Evan Neal has the highest floor, so I would have gone for him as the safest pick. And I think, given what the Jags roster is like, fairly shit on average and full of holes, you pick the guys who are least likely to bust at the various points, and that gives you the best chance to improve your roster overall. Walker, I don't think is that. And if I was gonna go edge, I'd have gone Thibodeau as my favourite of the edge class this year, but. Walker, they said, oh, well, you know, he's really versatile. He lines up all along the defensive line. He's not just an edge rusher. He can do a lot of things. And we like that versatility, which is why we ranked him above the other two guys in the end after we'd summed it all through. The second question that press conference was around, you know, well, you've picked a guy who's got less sacks than Hutchinson and Thibodeau. So, and they were like, oh, yeah, but, you know, he's played all along the defensive line. So that's why his stat numbers are down. We're going to focus him as an edge rusher. So that means his stat numbers will go up compared to them in the pros. And you're like, but you just said you value his versatility. And now you're saying you're going to focus him as an edge rusher. So if you're going to focus him as an edge rusher, why not just take the best edge rusher? It doesn't make sense. Now, nothing against Trevor Walker, right? He's a good player and I'm sure he'll have a good, successful career. But he's not the guy I would have chosen with that pick. He, does, he doesn't scream number one overall, does he? Like, I mean, who's, I who's the last the guy that position Genevian Clowney I guess that sort of but who did scream number one pick overall perhaps it hasn't quite panned out um, but there's but sort of a gravitas to it I don't mind it as a pick when you you know as you say you can't find a trade partner so you just go with the guy you think is best available and a lot of people had this guy top three top five top overall so I don't I don't mind that as a pick the thing that's baffling to me is the trade up back into the bottom end of the first round for a linebacker when you've got numerous holes and you could potentially have traded back with that pick and got a bunch of stuff in rounds two, three, and four and turn that into a bigger hall of players in a draft that is full of potential talent. Yeah, well, we had 12 picks and we came out with seven. Players. Yeah, I and don't get it. No, me neither. And, you know, I was talking last year saying we should consolidate some picks because uh, we've got too many, and that was 12 as well. And we ended up with, I think, 10 players or something like that when he consolidated the two. I don't mind the Lloyd pick. He is, at the time, I thought it's a big price to pay and you could have waited till 33 and maybe got him or got the next best linebacker and there isn't a big drop-off between the two. But then when you look at the other linebackers who went in the draft, there was a big gap between Devon Lloyd and the next linebacker taken. So maybe it was a sensible thing to do. And the argument is, oh, well, 
one of the teams between 27 and 33 would have taken him. He wouldn't have been there at 33. So you had to get in front of, say, the Patriots and force them to reach. I'm not convinced by that. So I disagree, though. I think linebackers are a bit of a crapshoot and you get so many of them that are talented in rounds four to six that you could just get a guy there with, with tools and just not worry about... You know, I've seen I've seen the Niners trade up into the back end of the first round for a guy who turned out to be a bust, and I've seen Fred Walker taken in the fifth. I don't think the linebackers are a, a, a position that you need to go high in the draft for to get a guy that's going to be good. I'd rather get two or three lower down and find one that's great. It's the same yeah. with running backs. You it can't run with Fred Warner. It seems a bit odd that you would trade up for Devin Lloyd just to take Chad Moomer as the next pick after that, like really soon afterwards is like you had, you've got so many holes and yet you've traded up to, to, and so you can take two linebackers. It seems odd. Yeah. They picked Moomer at 70 as best available player. And he was in the ballpark for that. I don't dislike him as a player. and I don't necessarily think it was a pick that the roster didn't need, but the argument for that is like, he's likely to play maybe 30, 40% of snaps given the position they've drafted him for. And there are players who are of comparable athleticism at positions of more needs than yeah, yeah. at pick 70. So I think it's somewhat questionable. And, you know, we did need linebackers. We got rid of both our starters from last year and only recruited a Luicon to fill that stable. So we were threadbare at that position. It was position of need. But when you look at, like, how badly the wide receiving core performed last year, to not address that at all with your seven picks that you ended up with, was risky. Now we subsequently picked a couple of undrafted free agents up, but you've got to think, you know, was that something we should have done in the first three rounds rather than trading back and uh yeah, and ending up as we ended up. So that's why I'm a lot lower on my draft as the majority of Jags fans I found out on Twitter. <laughs> yes. I didn't really get how much hate you got for that despite the fact that you clearly laid out why you weren't impressed. People don't read that much. They read the first line and then think, this guy's a fucking twat. I hate him. Um, <laughs> I think it comes down to the fact that Jags fans are desperate for things to be okay because they've been so shit for so long. And one of the They were putting up little banners when people were making their picks and the banner they put for the Jags was like 10 out of the last 11 seasons, they've had 10 or more losses, which is just kicking us in the balls while we're making that pick. That was really fucking rude. Um, but when you're in the position we're in, you can't afford to be gambling. And that's what the entire third day felt like. You know, we picked, we traded up to pick Snoop Connor, who's a running back I'd literally never heard of. And um, there was... But Snoop's a good name. And by that point, you've just got a draft based on quality of names, right? <laughs> draft names. Yeah. <laughs> there was a really cringe interview with him with one of the Jags media saying, so have you ever met Snoop Dogg? He's like, well, I've already told you that my nickname was after Snoopy the dog. And I felt like I wanted to lose the Y when I was in my teens because that was a bit sad. So, no, I've never met Snoop Dogg, though. I do like his music. Thank you for asking me that question. <laughs> Proper dead battered. Great answer. But it's better than... There's one of the poor guys... I think it was Gregory Junior, the cornerback they picked. Um, he's from Wachita. And like about seven of his questions were just so, how do you pronounce your high school name? Is it weird that no one can pronounce your high school name? And then they asked that to uh, <laughs> Doug Peterson as well. Like, so do you, do you know how to pronounce Wachita before you uh, sign this guy? And he's like, well, yes, my wife went to Wachita High School and I grew up near there. It's like, you dickheads, you didn't even do your fucking research. Come on. Did they not, could they not draft any Wichita linemen? <laughs> oh, um, 
let's move on quickly. <laughs> um, I'll, tell you, I, I'll tell you one one uh, team that we haven't mentioned so far that I think had a worryingly good draft is the Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs. They had two first and two second round picks, and they seem to get quality guys in all of those. And for a roster that's already pretty damn stacked. I know, I know they've lost well, their top wide receiver. Lost a wide receiver, yeah. <laughs> but there are other weapons on that on that roster, and yeah, you don't you don't feel the Chiefs it. are going to take a step back without no. Tyreek Hill, do you? Sky Moore, Sky Moore was someone that I really wanted the Bills to draft. Um, he, he's one thing that we were shit at last year was yards after the catch, and it's something where the Chiefs excel, and he's brilliant in that regard. Uh, I can see a lot of passes from Mahomes to him. That's like five yards, and he scampers for another seventy. I, I have a sneaky suspicion that Skymore is going to turn out to be really, really good. Was Wait. Mark what you didn't say there was in the championship game against the Bills for a hey, touchdown in, in, in overtime? Yeah, in Arrowhead. Yeah, I just I, like I've got this weird feeling that he's going to be particularly good for them, which which annoys me slightly. It's a great example of what Rich just described that the Jaguars could have done, which is picking up a linebacker in Leo Chanel with the 103rd pick, who's just really highly touted and fell down more than was expected. There were guys out there. I don't. I, running back and linebacker. I'm. I mean, I'm frustrated with the 49ers for wasting, or not wasting, but using a third round pick on a running back when there's just a lot of talent in this draft, and you could have got a guy in the fifth, probably maybe sixth that would have done a very similar job yeah it feels like a deep positional group with not a massive amount of drop off so yeah it is what it is uh, sp- speaking of speaking of which kind of um the lions what what was what was going on with the nfc north teams all trading picks with each other all a bit too friendly i'm not sure yeah, i didn't, of that. didn't like that at all no no <laughs> But Roy, the, Keane, Roy Keane would not have approved. No, he would not. No, um, the Green Bay Irwin might have struggled. Um, the the Lions. <laughs> he doesn't trading... struggle with anything. <laughs> the, <laughs> the Lions going up. I mean, they've they've already got. They've already drafted Aiden Hutchinson with a, a second overall pick, um, and then trading up to get Jameson Williams and trading with the Vikings. Uh, I mean, not the first receiver to go off the board, but you know, as, as we've said, so many. Uh, Pat, this is one you you picked out again. Um, yeah, well, they they gave thirty two, thirty four, and sixty four to move up to twelve to pick the receiver, and also got to pick forty six, I think, from the Vikings, and that seemed like really good value for Detroit to get that move up and another pick and snatch a receiver just ahead of Green Bay that Green Bay really wanted. So, an all round good trade, and, and the um, Packers what are the Vikings fans- doing, letting them. Yeah, it's true. And the Pakistans were all screaming collusion. I think they realise that they've still got Jared Goff, so it doesn't matter who they draft. (laughs) Well, they do look like a team that is building for the future. They're using those picks that they've brought in from the Rams. I I think Jared Goff's not a bad stopgap, though, let's be fair. I know know he gets a load of shade. It's the contract that comes with it. That's the problem that people have with it, not necessarily Jared Goff. Yeah, Um, A little bit Jared Goff. But the, they, they've they got two edge rushers Quite in the first three picks there, plus a wide receiver. There's a lot of their needs there that, they, that they've filled. And I think, that, I think the Lions will, I don't think they'll challenge next year, but they'll certainly 
cause a few people problems and i can see them challenging the year after if they can uh, if they can get a decent quarterback uh to, to follow on from golf that's that's the key thing i, I with the with the lions i think they've got a couple of good players i mean obviously they've got a good player in hutchinson but they need for me they desperately needed a a corner and they desperately needed a quarterback and they didn't really get either of those things like they took a corner i think with the last pick of their draft so it's like someone who might make the roster and no QB. It seemed, yeah, it was it was an odd one for me that. It feels like they've looked at this year's QB class and gone, nah, you're all right. Nah. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's, 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 fair. that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, that's I don't mind that. It's they they've done a lot of work in the trenches to set up for next year, and if they if they go, I don't know, four and thirteen again, and they get in that top four, top five. Uh, position in the draft for next year when there are more QBs I think they'll be you know they've got I think they've got picks that they can package together as well to move up if they need to in next year's draft I I like where the Lions are at I feel like for the first time in a long time they actually look like a franchise moving forward mm. I quite like the, the the tandem of Jameson Williams now and Amon Rasant Brown he, who showed a lot of flashes towards the end of the season he looked could be decent that's good um Agent Hutchinson's a great pick obviously but it's goth, so you know you, that could, you're only going to get so far. But that's fine if you're building for the future. Yeah, if you yeah can exactly. Bring in, if you can bring in a rookie QB next year and have what four or five years of a, a rookie QB deal with yeah. a guy who's talented, they could genuinely be a team that are going to get to the playoffs multiple times over the the following few years. Yeah. Okay. What a scary um, other other things that caught people's eye. I mean, we've we've had the the Texans and the Jets had multiple first round picks. You'd like to think they'd improve their well, the, Tex- the Texans and the who? I don't know. Um, one of <laughs> one of one of Craig's Pat's rivals um, yeah. in the AFC East. Um, yeah, but not, not not too bothered about them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, I, yeah, we're rightly not going to talk about them now because no doubt the next time we pod, we'll have to talk about them incessantly. <laughs> <laughs> That's assuming, that Craig, that's assuming that Phil... we haven't talked about them already. Yeah, Phil's not <laughs> going to show up then, is he? Come on. <laughs> Good old Phil Edmonds. I mean, he he probably does a bit of coaching down at down at Middlesex. Um, <laughs> you you, you want to pass off your knowledge of being being a test spinner, you know? <laughs> um, the any... I th- like worth having. A, I think that if we're talking about teams that had sneaky good drafts, the Eagles. Um, not only did they pick up AJ Brown, obviously, I think Jordan Davis's defensive tackle is a great player. Yep. Um, they repl- they, they, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Cam Jurgens replacing the center that's retire, retiring, and the Kobe Dean who fell as far as he did. Um, probably like there was that a lot feels of people like thought, the quarterbacks like the way he fell. Yeah, like, and a lot of people had him as the best linebacker in the draft. And um, it, like, I think there was some issues with surgery that he may or may not need. But as they said in the coverage at the time, he, if he was to sit out the entire season, he's still fantastic value where they drafted him. So um, I think that plus the um, plus the picking up of AJ Brown, I think that makes the Eagles um, decent, like looking looking a very very strong few days for them. I thought the Falcons had an all right draft as well. Uh, given a franchise that is just looking dreadful at the moment, uh, I thought they did all right getting... They got Ritter in the third, who had a first-round uh, value in a lot of places. They got a lot of uh, defensive line help, which I think they've absolutely needed. They've looked moribund on def- on defence for a long time now. Um, I think they could have 
done more with their offensive line. I think that's probably the weakest area of their draft. But generally, I thought they they started the bones of a rebuild in the way that they needed to. Yeah. When they started wide receiver, I was like, well, that is a very flashy first round pick for a team <laughs> with so many holes. But it built on that very nicely. You're yeah, right. I didn't love that pick, not because of the player, but like you say, it's a weird it's it's not it's as like, bad as like Pitts, Pitts last year. Ago. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's such an opportunity for that to be a bust. Whereas there were, there were players that 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 pick could have been much more of a sure thing. But they do like yeah. their flashy picks, don't they, the Falcons? But, mm. but then they backed it up with O-line help and a little bit of, sorry, D-line help and a little bit of O-line help, which I think yeah, is, yeah. that's that's what they need, really. They need to build out from the trenches right now. Yeah. yeah. Their, their quarterback situation is going to be weird. Um, I mean, it's a big punt on Marcus Mariota. If that, I mean, if that works out, fine, but it seems not that likely to. No, I mean, they, they've drafted Ridder. He's a two-year bridge for me. You have him this year and next year, and you hope he does some stuff, but you're basically just waiting until you can build up some talent around him. He's got a good chance behind Carson Wentz as well, so, you know, anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you pay and pay and pay. Um, anything else caught people's eye? Uh, the Browns took a kicker in the fourth round. That's, that's going to that's gonna end well. I enjoyed the Bills taking uh, the punt god. I wanted him to, I really, really wanted us to draft him. <laughs> I knew you'd be delighted about I'm that. So pleased about that, because Matt Hawk, bless him, he didn't get on the field an awful lot last season. But when he did, he was god awful. And um, it like, yeah, it, it was it, bizarrely we, with the, a squad like ours that didn't have a huge amount of holes in it. Punter was definitely one of them. So I'm pleased that they didn't think, oh, we can't draft someone because he's a punter. And you didn't yeah, draft go, a punter in the second round, so no. it was a sixth, I think. I'll forget. That's forgivable. That's, yeah, go that's go get him if if he's there. He's you know he's clearly fucking good at punting, which is great. Um, <laughs> you don't so you, you, don't, you, mean, really you don't know until you with, see him in the NFL. Fourth, fourth with that round, nickname, pick, pick with that nickname, you're backing yourself, right? When yeah. you're called the punt god. <laughs> I think he came I up with it himself, did he? I don't. I really hope not. <laughs> I'd like to think so. Yeah, uh, did really you, like just in an interview, he's just asked one day, oh, "Have you got a nickname? Like anyone, any nicknames that anyone called you at school or college?" Yeah, the punk god. <laughs> Sorry, did I miss you? <laughs> <laughs> it says a lot about this draft that a kicker and two punters went in the fourth round. That tells you about his depth. So the the thing that was amusing to me was the fact that. The punt god went in the fourth and other teams' fans were complaining that they hadn't taken him rather yeah. than every other fan mocking the Bills for taking him. Yeah. That is unusual. Because he's because he's brilliant. He's the oh, punt he god. fourth round? I thought he was a sixth. Oh, okay. I'll take that no, back. No, no, fourth cons- round. Oh, okay. No, that he was, could, our, he was our fifth stuff. pick. Of, he was our fifth pick of the draft. 180th um, overall, but like third punter off the board, which is a surprise. Third punter? Yeah. Tampa Bay took the first one at one thirty-three. The stupid thing is, it's weird because, like, you know, everyone, everyone's you know, a punter. It's ridiculous, but actually, it's someone who's going to be a starter for you rather than in fifth, sixth round. You're looking at a lot of players who may make your roster, especially with the Bills. That's a pretty stacked out roster already. Um, you need, you needed the punter. Go get him. I don't care. For what it's worth, I'm taking him you. in the second round, I'd have been happy. For yeah, what it's worth, agreed. I'm with you, but it looks bad when it doesn't work out. <laughs> so, <laughs> he's Robbie, right. Robbie Aguayo, or who is who is the Oh, they've been they've been a few over the years, haven't I think, they? But I think kickers, yes, I can I can see why that wouldn't work out. Punter, it surely is. I'd I mean, be, it'd be amazing. His, kick the ball. his first attempt at a punt 
in a game all yeah, season is, is 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 a tied game with three seconds remaining and it goes for a safety <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. just to uh, just to square the circle as they say no long snappers um drafted in Ooh. any of the seventh Ooh. rounds um i imagine a few undrafted free agents but you know, we don't care about them. <laughs> How have many long snappers ever though? get drafted? When was the last time a long snapper got drafted? Pat, Pat, any idea? Oh, no idea. I do know that the Jaguars extended their long snapper, who was an undrafted free agent with a five-year, $10 million contract. So that's very nice. We've, we've extended ours this off-season. Morgan Cox, shout out, shout out to you. Yes. Um, there you go. So we do cover long snappers on this. Yeah. Minnesota Vikings, Austin Cutting, 2019 draft. Austin Cutting. I bet he got cut. <laughs> Six long snappers were drafted between 2015 and 2020, and four of them are still playing in the NFL. <laughs> Two yeah. were drafted in the 2021 draft as of May this year. Tell me that Cutting isn't one of them. That would be perfect. The Panthers drafted Thomas Fletcher, and the Washington football team drafted Cameron Cheeseman. Oh, <laughs> Cheeseman, I remember him. That was last year. Uh, cheesy, I call him. Oh, Cheezo. <laughs> Cheezo. Che- snappy Cheezo. <laughs> you don't realise the full impact of trades like the Tyreek Hill trade until you look at the Dolphins, who had three picks, the second of which was pick 224. And you think, I mean, yes, he's really good, but, like, is he is he that good? I don't understand how we gave the Dolphins so many picks last year and they had, like, three picks. Yeah. <laughs> And most of them were on day three. Yeah, uh, they've been <laughs> such a bizarre some... set of trades. The Texans finally had some first round picks for the first yeah, time in about ten good years. For them. Um, and, and they yeah, actually the, used the Rams pretty smartly again. The, the next twenty, <laughs> it would seem. But yeah, such is life. Um, other other NFL business. I mean, there's one thing we did touch on um, was uh, with Nuke and his uh, his his PED. Six game ban to, to kick off the season. Um, we've alluded to the fact <coughs> probably new and um, based on, on what they did. Um, how do these people still think they're going to get away with it? He said I, he was surprised. Yeah, he's doing yeah. the classic claiming to be innocent whilst accepting his ban. Three different PEDs, like <laughs> three yeah, different was, drugs. I love the whole I'm really surprised that this has come up. See you in week seven. Yeah, <laughs> so weird. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy my prolonged holiday. Yeah, this is, it was, was so bizarre. It was, uh, yeah. Oh, Kyle is a dick. I'm just going to take some time off. Chug, 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 chug. <laughs> and it's, it's, also, like... it's also weird, I think, that in a sport where they clamp down so hard on stuff that seems innocuous. Like weed. Yeah. Yeah, you, you cheat, which effectively taking a performance-enhancing drug is. In cycling, that's a lifetime ban. And yet not get six weeks. It is now. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, quite. But it's I, I find it odd that a performance enhancing drug is so lenient by NFL standards when they'll ban you for years for taking for t- like like you said, Rich, for taking weed. It seems odd. Do you think yeah. he just fancies a weed. bit of a <laughs> taking weed? <laughs> taking weed. <laughs> the little tablets. Maybe maybe his birthday's in September and he thought to himself, I never get my birthday off. It always clashes with <laughs> um, a game. 
Um, is he doing that? Wasn't there a Brazilian player like Edmundo or something who got injured at the same time every single year so he could go to the carnival in, um, in, in Brazil? I'm sure that I'm sure he was well known for that. Maybe yeah. well, the, the, thing, thing. the thing I reckon there was get like Premier League footballers or whatever, get yourself if you're on a one booking away from a suspension, do it the, the week before Christmas. Yeah, you want to miss yeah. that Boxing Day game, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm sure that I'm sure that was a thing. Um, but I, I, it's just it's bonkers, isn't it? Like how I will, I will say the NFC West will be a worse place without him. Uh, as much as I hate having us play him every year at the moment, he is is just such an exceptional talent that you've got to hope that that's a one off. I mean, if he gets if he does it again, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you would you would certainly hope it's a one off. Um, although I'm sure. I'm sure that players have been caught twice. Uh, that that must have happened. Um, Speaking of bonkers, as we just were, they've just announced Travon Walker's contract. He's signed a four-year, $37 million fully guaranteed deal, including a $24 million signing bonus. Jesus. I think well, he's good, then. Yeah. <laughs> $9 million a year, good. I would Large. take that. Yeah. Um, any other NFL business... I think we've spoken enough about the NFL. Thank goodness for that. Right. Any other business then? Um, Pat, I don't know why I've started with you, but I have. Please do. Please do. So two of my favourite podcasts have come back from hiatus. That's good. So uh, welcome back. Sounds fake, but okay. And I might be wrong. I'm going to enjoy listening to you now you're back. That's good news. The other thing to say is... Russ is currently furious at his his headphones. (laughs) They never go away, so you can't welcome them back. (laughs) You have to be careful when you whoop. This is something I learned recently. So I was sitting the other side of the room Thursday night, I think it was. I was listening to a podcast about who the Jaguars should draft at number one with headphones on. Suzanne was watching MasterChef across the other side of the room. I heard someone say Sheffield and, you know, proud Yorkshire Sheffield lad I am. I went, woo! And then I heard what the guy was saying, and he was talking about having PTSD from being on the HMS Sheffield in the Falklands, and uh, I felt a bit bad. So, you know, <laughs> listen to woop. the context before you get excited about something is the lesson I learned. Woo woo. <laughs> I mean, only you could feel guilty about making what's clearly a genuine mistake. But apologise. Just did. Yeah. Uh, Rich Yeah I threatened this earlier And I haven't thought of anything better So I'm going to go with it I'm genuinely fucked off and bored With the whole Liverpool could be Immortal, quadruple, blah 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 Talk We've won one trophy And it's the lesser of all the trophies Once we start winning actual proper trophies Then maybe we can talk about it But can you just fucking shut up about it I'm bored Ooh, Get him does League Cup isn't a proper trophy. I'm above that. La di da di da. <laughs> Have you ever been excited about winning the League Cup for more than eight minutes? Oh. I take it at the minute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Adam, as a Spurs fan, you don't get excited about anything other than winning the FA Cup, surely. Well, we I can't I couldn't couldn't even tell you anymore. Um uh, I, don't, I don't want to get into that. Mark? <laughs> a bit of a sombre one, um, unfortunately, so I'm pleased you didn't go last with me because it's always a bit sad when we end Actually, I'm going to jump in first. 
Um, so I'm, I'm obviously as I'm very keen on my cycling and, and very keen on listening to podcasts. And, um, and one of the first podcasts I ever listened to on cycling was called The Cycling Podcast, imaginatively titled. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, it, it was it's a brilliant listen um, that's done by some some a lot of fantastic journalists who are really well informed. And they made accessing the sport through that medium really, really easy and fun and engaging. And the person who started it was a chap called Richard Moore, who sadly a couple of weeks ago passed away in his sleep for no no apparent reason and it's not really known still yet what happened um left a a, a wife and two young kids behind and it was just a really really sad thing um they did an hour and a half long tribute podcast for him a good few weeks after he died purely because they they, you know, they were finding it too difficult to record um but yeah it's um really really sad so love your family and be nice to them because you never quite know when things are just around the corner. So um, yes, rest in peace, Richard Moore. What's that, Mark? Good advice. Good advice. Um, I want to talk about well, snooker. Um, I are you snooker loopy? Snooker loopy. I don't get, but I'm not particularly a massive snooker fan. But the Crucible always pulls me in. I used to go every year and um, back in the day. Um, absolutely love it this year no no exception um but the winner of the the world championship ronnie o'sullivan now he is in that category of that i would put tiger woods in of being a complete i'm not going to swear there might be uh kids that can hear um but just Prick, so, cunt. thank you Bella. yeah they'll do they'll do those words are all are all bang on um yet being absolutely the best ever to do what they do um i find like i find it a frustrating combination but perhaps the two go hand in hand with some people i get i get that who's that Um, darts guy phil taylor phil taylor down one of one of the worst human beings of all time but clearly the best (laughs) darts thrower Mm. that has ever been it's like nick hirgios only one that wins it annoys me because if you're that good you don't need to be a prick yeah. Well, you th- you think I th- Phil Taylor's? I think a prick in different ways, probably. But Ronnie has his same... personal tr- troubles, and I'm so sure I don't does. hold that against him. Yeah, no, I wouldn't hold that against him. Um, but Ronnie's the same as Tiger in that, and there's there's uh, even if you don't agree with this, you must acknowledge that it happens. Like they'll <clears> they'll <throat> treat the fans with disdain at times because they don't care about them um, because they think they're, they're more important. They're that narcissistic. I don't think maybe Ronnie's as narcissistic as Tiger, but similar thing, but also the way they, they speak to the media in interviews and stuff. Uh, like it must be such hard work putting up with them. If you've got, if you're a snooker journalist or a golf journalist um, and, but they have to just pander to everything they ever do. Um, because you can't publicly, if you do that for a job, you can't publicly say, yeah, this guy's a dick, or you can't be rude to them because you won't get that interview again. And it must be soul-destroying. Like, I think, like someone like Hazel Irvin, um, who you would, I mean, I don't know her. I've never, uh, no, I have met Hazel Irvin. That would be a lie to say I haven't met Hazel Irvin, but I don't know her. She <laughs> just, she just, just, always just hung out with her perfectly. down at the pub a couple of times. Yeah. Just hung out, hung out the back of her a couple of times. <laughs> 
<laughs> she she just seems like one of those lovely people you could ever wish to meet. And I just saw that she's interviewing Ronnie after one of his matches in the week. And he's just saying, just being rude and just apath- like, like he can't be asked to be there. And you and just treating her horribly. Um, and he's come, he's she's being all nice and nice and nice because she has to. And I just think, you know, be better. He's, he's come across that way this entire tournament for me. He's uh, like... He's, he's, he's always been like that. Well, he seems to go into certain tournaments where he's got like his humble hat on and he's a bit more like generous with his time and a bit more like, you know, but this one he has gone into it and he, he seemed in a mood the entire time. He clearly doesn't get on with the snooker authorities. I, I lost my patience with him a good few years ago when he refused to um take on a black in a one four seven because the the, the prize, prize for one it enough, wasn't yeah, enough and he decided it wasn't worth his time. He's so he he potted a one four six but just so he didn't do the one four seven just out of spite. And like there's 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 people in the crowd. One forty, surely. <laughs> no, because no, he because he potted the pink instead of the black. He took on a more difficult pink, so he finished oh. on a one four six. Okay. During a break, and right, um, so he didn't like he didn't take on the last black because of because of that. He'd asked the commentators what the prize fund was, um, and he just decided that he wasn't going to do it because of that. And there's people in the crowd that pay. The sport doesn't exist if the crowds aren't in it and interested. And there's people there who, you know, paid a good amount of money to go and watch it and probably would have loved to have seen Ronnie O'Sullivan get a 147. And the fact that he chose not to do it because it wasn't enough money for him, it was a bit like, you're being a proper dick there. Don't be a bellend. Do better than that. Not everyone not everyone gets to see a Ronnie O'Sullivan 147 in person. Yeah. Humble brag. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's true. You and Shagging Hazel Ivan, they're the two <laughs> But I also I also wanted to say how incredible of an achievement that was winning a seventh world title at the age of forty six or whatever. Um, it doesn't doesn't seem any doesn't seem any different at forty six than he did at twenty six. In fact, better. Um, That's it's, the annoying it's thing, isn't mind it? blowing. He's, he's so good, and he could so consistently good. He could have won if he wanted to. He could have won double that, literally. Yeah. Yeah. That's how much better, like Stephen Hendry before him would have been the, uh, he'd won the most world titles before that. Uh, the best player, arguably, to have played the game before him. He could have, Ronnie O'Sullivan was good enough to win double the world titles that Hendry has, and he won't because he was, has been, sometimes, some years he just couldn't be asked. The thing um, is, but, I almost think, as you say, it, you kind of talk about how he treats the media and how he interacts with people. I almost think, like, if they just, allowed them to not do press conferences to not do media appearances when they were feeling in a shit place the player would probably be better at times when he just doesn't want to feel pressured for it and the media would be better off for the fact that they they can make a big song and dance about the fact that oh ronnie didn't want to talk to us today but ultimately that's not necessarily worse than ronnie giving them an interview and just being a prick but that does there's a tennis player wasn't there who i forgot who it was um, uh asaka uh, yeah and so took a step back from the game because of this um, because she just couldn't deal with the pressure of press conferences and that's different because she was like what 17 18 and just the amount of pressure that that is as a teenager is is i don't think any of us can comprehend that yeah no they, uh, yeah it's obviously di- 
different thing motivated like O'Sullivan just doesn't care and right. yeah. yeah yeah that's it's, but it's a similar principle it's part and parcel of being a sports star and paying what like part of what pays you that prize money is the fact that but I, I go, I, I I go see back to the fact that. that I don't I don't know that I would give a crap if my favorite player decided not to talk during an entire tournament if I got to watch them be incredible and win that tournament. Yeah, yeah okay. I, I, it's probably more important for snooker than it is for a lot of sports because it's like they have to make a personality out of a snooker it's so, player. It's so individual. It. You're not basing it on a, on a team or even yeah. an individual sport like Formula One that has a team behind you. It's, that's it. It's, it's all around that personality. But tennis is the same. If you're watching someone with style and panache, I don't know that I give a crap about listening to them being interviewed. No, it's fine. Be, be as boring as they want. It takes interview. a special sort of person to really want to watch a snooker interview, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> By the time the interviews are on, I've made a cup of tea and a sandwich and I'm waiting for the next game. Do you reckon, do you reckon that Ronnie O'Sullivan ends up like Boris Becker eventually? <laughs> <laughs> well, he, I mean, he'd be taking take, taking after his, his dad, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he ended up in the slammer. Yeah. shouldn't joke about that. Nope. Um, <laughs> but he, he, was, he was there, which... Oh yeah, that, that all, it all seemed odd. Anyway, um, yeah, very, 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 very good though, isn't he? Yeah, just a bit. Yeah, and he, he, he'll, going, he'll, if he wants that eighth title, he'll get it next year, I'm sure. How long are we going? Did you say <laughs> far too long? <laughs> Agreed. Let's go. Um, yeah, we are done. Um, if you didn't get enough draft analysis from us, tough. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back soon. Go well. Bye. Cheers. Ciao for now. <laughs> I've not had ciao for now for ages. <laughs> to bring out the big games for the uh, off season. Chow, chow for, for at least the next month and a half. Where did that come? Where, where was what made Chow for now popular? I think it was on How To. Ah, yes. Oh God, that was a show. That's How for Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I slightly fucked it up, but you know, I'll just... who was not that? as much as my intro. <laughs> Fair.